0: Greetings, brethren, to the Feast of Tabernacles, 2022. And my, oh my, how time flies. And I guess the old saying is true, the older you get, the faster time goes. (laughs) I look back on my first Feast of Tabernacles in 1961. How about that? And so that's 61 years ago. And every year when we keep the Feast of Tabernacles, we learn more and more about what we are to do. And it's very interesting. Jesus said, It's sufficient that the disciple become as his teacher. Now, I want you to think on that, because that's what God wants us to do. So let's look at some scriptures. Now, we'll cover the things of the commands of the Feast of Tabernacles tomorrow in the message. But we know we are to keep it on the 15th day of the seventh month for seven days, and then the last great day is the eighth day. But why are we here? And what does this have to do with Christianity and God's plan? There's hardly anyone in the world who knows anything about the plan of God. And why? Because number one, they don't keep the Sabbath. And number two, they don't keep the Passover and the Holy Days. And number three, because they don't have the Spirit of God, they are not taught of God. So let's go back, and I want you to think about when you first came into the church. And then I want you to look at what your situation is today. When you first come into the church, when God first starts dealing with you, we know that in Revelation 1 and 4 and 5, that there are seven spirits of God that go to and fro in the earth. And 2 Corinthians 16 tells us that these are the eyes of the Lord looking for those who fear him and those who want him and those who cry out to him to help them in their troubles and difficulties. And also, they come directly from Jesus Christ through God the Father to this. And this one verse we, and the next verse after it, We have gone over how many, many times. But think about this. The more you go over the scriptures and study all the scriptures and come back and study them again and again and again and again and again, which you do in a lifetime, right? And that's necessary because every time you learn more and you make more connections. Now, this is important because we're going to be given the most important jobs ever. Think about that. All of those that are encompassed by the plan of God, beginning with the patriarchs, the ones before the flood, and then after the flood, beginning with Abraham. See And Abraham didn't know very much at all. He just told God, Oh, you haven't given me any children. So how about Eleazar being my heir? And God said, No. You will have a child from your own Lloyds. And here he is, 75 at this point. Then he took him outside at night told him to look at the stars. And he said, so shall your seed be. So we have number one, Isaac, the physical seed, and the spiritual seed. And this is what is most important for what God is doing, the spiritual seed, and that's who we are. Because we have the Spirit of God. Now notice, John 6, 44 and 45. No one can come to me unless the Father. Now let's understand something about our calling. We're not dealing with a religious experience, though there, there may be a spiritual experience connected with it. We're not dealing with angels dealing with us. We're dealing with God the Father. He is the one who is doing it along with Jesus Christ. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. What made you interested in God in the first place? And wanting to know about his word in the second place? And then when you find about it, desiring to do the things that God says. God. And the Father draws you. Okay. And here's the ultimate goal between the time that you're called and the time that you live as long as however you're going to live and the resurrection. That's what's important in this life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now I see how it jumps completely forward to the whole goal that we're going to have, and that goal will be succeeded. Okay? Now notice verse 45. When we study, when we pray, when we read the booklets and materials explaining the word of God in the books that we have, and those are very important that you know them, that you read them. You can't skim along and learn very much by doing that. For it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Who made you the way that you are? Who gave you the mind that you have? Where you can think, where you can put things together, where you can understand the word of God. And then God gives his spirit to you on top of that so that you will be able to discern things. See? And that's important because Jesus added this down in verse 63. Okay. Verse 63. It is the spirit that gives life. Think of that. Without the spirit. The body is dead. The spirit gives life. The Spirit gives understanding. The Spirit connects you with God. The Spirit is a begettel by God the Father for you to be a son or daughter of God. All of that's the action of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The flesh profits nothing. Think about that for a minute. The flesh profits nothing. Now think about all of the religious rituals that people have in Catholicism, in Protestantism, in Judaism, in all the religions of the world. They're all fleshly. They're all carnal. And they have idols and statues and things like this, see As if that will make them more righteous. But it doesn't. All of that is flesh. The flesh profits nothing. Okay. The words that I speak to you. Now listen very carefully. Not only what he spoke to them during his ministry. But since he was God manifested in the flesh. Also in the Old Testament, we'll look at it, because you see, the Old Testament is not old in the sense that it's outdated. It is old in the sense that it was written before the New Testament, but the two Testaments connect together. You need both. All right? The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That is, if you yield to God, can't be done without loving God and obeying God and so forth. This is why we keep the Feast of Tabernacles. All right? Now let's come all the way back here to Isaiah 53, and let's look at the quote that we will all be taught of God. And this is New Testament doctrine in the Old Testament. Huh? Imagine that. And I want you to also understand this. Now with the Feast of Tabernacles, there's more about the Feast of Tabernacles and what's going to happen and how it's going to be and who's going to lead it and what's going to be done in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament. All right? So let's pick it up. Verse 11. O afflicted one. Now, this is whoever has troubles and problems and difficulties if you're a begotten son or daughter of God. And we do. Okay. Storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones among the colorful gems and will lay your foundations... With sapphires. Now think about that. Where does that go to? New Jerusalem, right? Huh. All right. I will make your high towers of ruby, and your gates of carbuncles, and all your borders of pleasant stones. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord. Brethren, listen. We are the children of God the Father, His sons, and His daughter. God the Father, direct. See? They shall all be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Now that's talking about what? The peace that the children of God are going to bring to the whole world. And that's the whole thing of the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay? Now, let's come to John, the seventh chapter, and we will see something. Jesus kept the Feast of Tabernacles, and he did some teaching during the Feast of Tabernacles that are very important. Okay? And let's also notice this not only are we to be taught of God, but remember, With Jesus in the flesh, how was he taught? By God the Father. We've covered that, haven't we? He awakens me morning by morning. Okay? Isaiah 50. Now let's pick it up here because Jesus didn't go up to the Feast of Tabernacles with his mother and brothers because he wanted to go up on his own and he wanted to be at the feast, and no one knew he's there till about the middle of the feast. Okay. And people were asking, verse eleven, seeking him at the feast, and said, "Where is he?" They're looking for him. Now there was much debating about him, verse twelve, John seven, verse twelve. Among the people, some said, he's a good man. Others said, no, but he is deceiving the people. Is that something? Bringing the truth of God and people so ignorant, they're thinking, deceiving the people. Now, isn't that told of us today in relationship to the Protestants and the Catholics? Yes, yes. However, no one spoke publicly about him for fear of the Jews. But then in the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and was teaching. Now remember the phrase, will all be taught of God. Jesus was taught of God. There was nothing that he said and there was nothing that he did that was not the will of God and the express commands of God. Verse 15. The Jews were amazed, saying, How does this man know letters having never been schooled? Meaning, never went to any of the schools of the rabbis. Okay? Okay. No, no, you don't get in a bunch of lying religious people stuck on tradition and ritual and learn the truth of God. Never happen. Now let's pick it up in verse 16. Jesus answered them, my doctrine is not mine, but him who sent me. who sent him, the Father, who taught him, the Father. Notice the next verse. Here's something very important for all of us in what we do. Verse 17, if anyone desires to do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it is of God or whether I speak from my own self. You got to check it up with the word of God. What does it say in the New Testament? Prove all things. Right? Hold fast to that which is good. Okay? And one thing we need today, as never before, is more knowledge and more understanding of the word of God And that means by studying and restudying and putting it together by loving God with all our heart, mind and soul and being and by keeping his commandments and by yielding to God. That's how we learn. And all of this is doing what? This is preparing us for the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. And what is that fulfillment going to be for us? To be priest of God. Right? and kings, and rulers over the nations. So we've been called to the greatest thing possible. That's why we keep the feast of God. That's why we do the things that God wants us to do. Okay? Verse 18. The one who speaks of himself is seeking his own glory, But he who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Now think about that. Our standing before God is that way if we yield to God every day, walk in his way and keep his commandments, okay? All right. So then Jesus went on to say, verse 19, Did not Moses give you the law and not one of you is practicing the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Because the law said you shall not murder. Huh. And the people answered and said, you have a demon who's seeking to kill you. Isn't that the way carnal people always do? they don't want to believe it. They accuse you of being demon-possessed. Now, there is such a thing as demon-possession. That is true. That's not to deny that. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you were all amazed. Now then, Moses gave you circumcision, not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath, You circumcise a man, and if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me because I made a man entirely whole on the Sabbath? Judge, not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment, okay? And judgment is going to be given to us. Let's read that back here. In Revelation 20. Okay. Think of this. Judgment. Of the world. And the people. Under Christ. Christ is going to be king. Christ is going to be ruler. This is going to be amazing. Let's pick it up here in verse 4. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who did not worship the beast nor his image and did not receive the mark in their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Rulership. That's why we're called Think of that. We're going to be, as we found out on Pentecost, a crown of life. We're going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. See? This is why we're here. We're here to learn to love God, to love His way, to prepare for the coming of Christ and the resurrection, and the rulership of the world. Now, you can't have any higher calling than that. So I just tell you this. You get down and discouraged. You get on your knees and repent and ask God to help you connect with the truth and inspiration that we're going to be the sons and daughters of God and rule The world. You can look out here and see the whole world's going crazy. Well, we're the ones and all the saints and all the patriarchs, all of those going to be in the first resurrection to straighten out the world and bring the truth of God. And that's the message of the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay? Verse 5, the last sentence says, This is the first resurrection. Now notice, blessed of God the Father and Jesus Christ, and holy because you have been changed from flesh to spirit. And now you're a son or daughter of God, is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Now think about that. That's where we're headed. But there are a lot of difficult times ahead of us, but we can take, we can go through them, and we can have courage and strength, and it doesn't matter what people try to do to us because we believe in the true God and the true Jesus Christ and the things that are right, that are good, that are true, that are holy, and the word of God. And everything in this world is of Satan, the devil, and of death and destruction. Let's go on. Over these, the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And then on into eternity. And as we have seen some of these awesome pictures of the James Webb telescope up in space that reaches out so far into the universe. To where in the past, even with Hubble telescope up there, it was blank space. But now it's illuminated with this new telescope that there is literally trillions and trillions of stars and galaxies out there. See? And what did Jesus say? When we are in glory, how will we look? We will shine like the sun and the stars in heaven, as Daniel wrote. That's why we are here. This is what we are doing. This is why we need to grow in grace and knowledge. Hmm? Everything we need to do. Okay. Now I want you to have a great and wonderful feast. Those who can gather together in fellowship groups, do so. Help one another, love one another, encourage one another. If you're alone, remember this. You're not really alone. Because God the Father and Jesus Christ are there to help you. And this is what we are to do, see? Here's one of the most important things that God wants us to do right here, see? That's why we want to spend the time fellowshipping, going over the scriptures, going over the messages, talking with one another, encouraging one another, praying for one another, okay? Because this is what we are to do. Let's come to Philippians 2 and verse 1. And we can make this Feast of Tabernacles a wonderful experience that will add to our growth, that will add to our understanding, that will give us encouragement, and knowledge, and truth to go forward in this evil, wicked world that we're going to be facing. Okay? Chapter 2, Philippians, verse 1. Now then. Paul's writing. He's in jail, in chains, everything to be discouraged about. But he has his mind on the goal. And he has his mind on what needs to be done. So he says, if there be any encouragement in Christ, that's where it comes from. If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit from God the Father, if any deep inner affections and compassions fulfill my joy. That you be of the same mind. We're having the same love, which comes from God the Father and Jesus Christ. Being joined together in soul, minding the one thing, the goal of the kingdom of God and our calling. Let nothing be done through contention or vainglory, but in humility, each esteeming the others above himself. That's what it has to be. Let each one look not only after his own things, but let each one also consider the things of others. And here, Remember what we covered, what Jesus said? The flesh profits nothing, but the spirit gives life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. And you can add on to it and truth and power and knowledge and understanding. Okay. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And think about what he did to come to this earth and go through what he did. Willingly, he laid down his life. He said, no one takes it from me. I lay it down. And I have commandment from the Father to receive it back. So here's what he gave up. Verse 6. Although we existed in the form of God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself, gave up being God to save his creation. So whatever God asks us to give up, whatever it is, it's nothing compared to what Jesus gave up to become the pinpoint of life, to be born of the Virgin Mary. Okay? Emptied himself and was made in the likeness of men and took on the form of a servant and being found in the matter of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. That's what we need to do. Even the death of the cross. Okay? Therefore God has also highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of beings in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of God the Father. Okay? Now, notice verse 12. And we'll end right here. So we can make this a great and wonderful Feast of Tabernacles. So then, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, But now, much more, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. That's what God wants. So brethren, have a great and a wonderful Feast of Tabernacles. And for those of you who gathered in the evening as the holy day began, we'll see you tomorrow in the morning and have a wonderful time of fellowship and love and growing in grace and knowledge.